thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did, and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, Afri Christ, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store and also the Google Play Store, and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again, and may God bless you as you're listening. Hello, friends. Welcome once again to our podcast. This is Sam Kawesa, your host from Afri Christ. Uh, coming to you once again. I have a very interesting message because you know what? Things from God are always interesting. But the thing about this podcast is that we try to match scripture for you with the things that are happening. We don't just preach at you, but we present scripture on a practical um, manner. And in this case, is we're going to talk about having a bad report. Our podcast today is titled, What to Do with a Bad Report. Now, this bad report could be anything. It could be health, it could be financial, it could be relationship. But the thing about God's word is that everything that he gives us can be applied to other areas. Because you know what? As you can see, the Bible in the sense of its totality as a printed material is finite. But God's word is infinite. So how do you stretch all those things? That's why we need the Holy Spirit to interpret and interface the word of God with us. Now, some people sometimes say, well, why don't you make your podcast like 15 minutes? You know what? There are 15 minutes podcasts out there for you. So this isn't for you. Now, usually I try to uh, restrict it to about one hour. So I understand it's not about not honoring your time. But you know what? Many times we could get on the phone, we could chat on the internet, we could go on YouTube and do so many things. Before you know it, it's one hour gone. It's two hours gone. So my thing is, have time for God. When that time comes that you need him, you would have put in your uh, quote-unquote investment. You know, I like to liken it. It's not like a credit card where every time you use it, it goes down. It's like American Express where the limit is up to your spending and is up to your quality that you put into this credit card. Uh, So take this as an American Express kind of podcast where the limit is up to you, not up to the credit card. Okay, so now we're going to talk about this issue and I'm going to give you some scriptures. This is a word-based podcast. I really believe when we pray, as we shall see even in these scriptures, as Jesus gives a testimony, If you pray based according to the word of God, the things that you pray guided by the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit gives you a word to pray, as it says in Romans 8, that we know not what to pray, but as the Spirit gives us in groans and moans that we do not understand, sometimes we may even verbalize those moans, God's word never comes back to him void. 
if it's of the Holy Spirit, it is of God. It will not come back void. So you may not even know what you're going to pray when you are in such situations, but the Holy Spirit, as we shall see, gives you a word to pray. So now I'm going to give you these Bible stories so that they can help you when you're in those times of trouble, when you've got a bad doctor's report, when you got a bad legal report, when you got a bad financial report, when you got a child bad report, whatever it is, you will see what intercession is and how powerful it is. And you'll see how you yourself can approach Jesus even as he gives us the authority to do so in John 16, 24 and 26. So let's get started with the story of a man, a king that I really like to uh, use many times because this man showed us what it is like to love God uh, and trust him when your situations had, you know, gone bad. Now, before that though, let me give you the points that we are going to go through so that you can know where we are going. I'm going to give you seven points, okay? Number one is going to be God heals us unconditionally because it's his divine nature and you see this in his word. Now, this may have been a story of physical healing, but you can apply it for emotional and all the other things I said, okay? Number two, you're going to see that you need to take your issue to the Lord in prayer. And that's what Jesus uh, tells us to do. Number three, you're going to see that God has a plan for you already. Those who listen to my podcast, you're going to see that this is Jeremiah 29, 11, and it fits in everyday life, okay? Then number four, there's power and, uh, of faith in intercession. There's power in intercession. In fact, that's the ongoing ministry of Jesus Christ because he says that he's now seated at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. But you're going to see how that can be used by us here on earth at this point and the power in it, okay? Number five is going to be Jesus has already paid the price, whatever it is, healing, finances, relationship, Whatever it is, just remember that you, all you got to do is uncover for you by the power of the Holy Spirit revelation what it is, the price that Jesus paid, and then you move on with your receipts. Okay, number six, just believe. Just have faith. And that's not my, just my word. That is in the Bible. That is Jesus said that to somebody in the Bible. He just gave him one liner. Just believe, okay? Then number seven is going to be Jesus' personal touch is already assured and it's there in your situation. Do not despair, whatever it is, okay? It could be a painful situation in at all angles, whichever angle you look at it, physically, emotionally, financially, whatever, relationship, it could be painful, but Jesus is there to give you a personal touch, then we're going to end with a prayer, short prayer, based on the word. What I'm going to do, I'm going to use two chapters in the book of Psalms that you're going to see certain verses, and then I'm going to personalize them so that you can see what David was going through so that it can be part of you. This is what I call praying with impact. When you pray God's word, it works, okay? So now let's start with this, and I'm going to read these stories. I'm going to try to be as quickly as possible, but I want you to get the gist of what I'm saying. I don't want to preach at you. I just want to show you 
what the word of God does when we trust him. And this is going to be the first one in Isaiah 38, verse 1 through 25. I'm going to use this particular one, the New Living Translation. About this time, Hezekiah became deathly ill. Watch that word, deathly ill. And the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, for you are going to die. You will not recover from this illness. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. Then this message came to Isaiah from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah and tell him, This is what the Lord God of your ancestor David says, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life and I will rescue you and this city from the king of Assyria. I will defend this city. And this is the sign from the Lord to prove that he would do as he promised. I will cause the sun shadow to move ten steps backward on the sundial of Ahaz. So the shadow of the sundial moved backwards ten steps. Now, when Hezekiah was well again, he wrote this poem. Now, let's stop there for a while. I want you to get a few things here. Hezekiah felt helpless. How can you get a word from a a, a man of God, a prophet, and I'm not talking about these self-made prophets, who comes to you and says, the Lord has said, you are going to die. Now, did God change his mind? What happened here? Why did he say you're going to die? And then later on he says, go back. He told the prophet, can you imagine if you are the prophet and you're going to the king and you tell him you're going to die. And then before you leave his courts, as you leave with this big message, you know, you big guy, you just told him the end of his life. Then God says, go back, go back and tell him, I have heard your prayers and seen your tears. Guess friend, what's happening to you? God has heard your prayers and he has seen your tears. Now look at this prayer that Hezekiah prayed. It is in the Bible, it's less than two sentences. But God had heard the prayer. You don't have to pray forever. You just have to pray from the heart. That's what touches God. When you pray from the heart, it may be just one word saying, Oh my Lord, oh my Lord, oh my Lord. And guess what? He will hear it because God is spirit and he communicates with your spirit. When it is in your spirit and it's coming from deep down in your spirit, even your tears, God says, I have seen your tears. Now we know that God knows everything. He had seen this situation before. So how come now it's happening to this man? God is doing it for the glory of his name and the sake of us. Not even for Hezekiah but it's for us who will be reading his word thousands of years later so that we know when we are in a situation like this, it has happened before. Don't be discouraged. Don't look around and think, oh, so-and-so did this and this. As we shall see, you see examples being made of Hezekiah, okay? But now we have seen that he has told him, not only is he going to heal him physically, he's also going to surround 
or uh, are his enemies so that they too will be destroyed so that he will not be physically harmed by an Assyrian army attacking him okay and and then he gave him a sign he gave him a sign that you know the sun is going to go backwards god will show you a sign one way or another that is him speaking so you will be assured in this case he told him i'm going to make the sun go backwards you know it's like you know today in america we have this um, spring forward and then a fall backwards as far as time one hour one hour this way and one hour the other well here god did it instantly so that it went backwards so that it shows him i am I am God who speaks. So for you it may not be turning the sun backwards, but it will be something and you know that that was God, okay? So this uh, the shadow turned backwards as we said, okay? Now, this is what Hezekiah did. When he's when King Hezekiah was well again, he wrote this poem and said, "In the prime of, prime of my life, must I now enter the place of the dead?" Am I to be robbed of the rest of my years? I say never again will I see the Lord God while still in the land of the living. Never again will I see my friends uh, or will be with those who live in this world. My life has been blown away like the shepherd's tent in a storm. It has been cut short as when a weaver cuts cloth from a loom. Suddenly my life was over delirious i chattered like a swallow or a crane and when i moaned like a morning dove my eyes grew tired looking to heaven to for help i am in trouble lord help me but what could i say for he himself sent this sickness now i walk humbly throughout my years because this because of this anguish i have felt lord your discipline is good for it leads to life and health you restore my health and allow me to live yes this anguish was good for me for you have uh, rescued me you have i raised my voice in praise those who go down to the grave can no longer hope in your faithfulness now here basically king hezekiah is telling us remember the lord said that i have seen your tears but he hadn't told us what those tears were now he's expanding it through the praise of this man he's reminding us what he went through how he cried how he was saying i'm not going to see my friends i'm not going to see my children i'm not going to see this i'm not going to do what i thought i would do but you know god had hid from the depths of this man's spirit and he said to the man of god go back Can you imagine being the man of God being told to go and reverse what you just say to the uh, king? This is a king who could do anything to you. What if he turns around and say you've been messing with my life? Now you're saying this and this, go to the gallows. But you know what? Here we see what God can do. The situations that seem impossible. When we go deeply and cry to him and say I cannot do anything. Doctors tell me it's impossible when doctors say that you got two uh, two days two weeks two months whatever it is that they tell you and they may be right quote and quote because you remember he says you are not going you are going to die so the doctors may tell you that but when you face that wall of god it reminds me of the jewish people when they're in the wailing wall in jerusalem 
you can see them praying hard on that wall. So imagine yourself going to the wailing wall. This is what this man did. This king went to the wailing wall and was crying unto God. And here he tells us what he cried unto God. He said, I, uh, you know, I'm going to miss out on this. I'm going to do this. Be honest with God. He knows everything. You can't cajole him. You can't lie to him. He knows you. So just go to him and tell him. In this case for him, his story was, Lord, I've done such and such, you know, in your presence. I've done the things that you want. But you know what? God is sovereign and he knows that not everybody who comes to him has gonna, is going to have such a story as this king had. Some of us are going to go in there and our story is not good at all. So what do you do? You tell him. You tell him. It's not because he doesn't know, but you tell him so you get it from the depth of your lying self, lying to yourself. Even the enemy may know that, hey, I know I was doing this. That is called repentance. Because look what it says. Yes, this anguish was good for me. For you have rescued me from death and forgiven all my sins. This is very key because we'll see it in the New Testament as we go. He says, you have rescued me from death and forgiven all my sins. You know why? Because God, when he comes to heal you, he also will forgive. And we shall see that in the New Testament. So you know that it is true. Okay. Number two, I told you that, you know, when you have a situation, take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. We have seen here King Hezekiah do this in this case. Okay, he took it to the Lord in prayer instead of going to this uh, um, to the man of God. Instead of going to the prophet and saying, "Hey, you brought me this. Please pray for me. Touch me. Bring me some anointing oil." And I'm I'm not down doubting anointing oil. Okay, but some of these people here have commercialized this. Do this. Throw your handkerchief on me. You cannot tell God. The Holy Spirit will tell you how to pray because, like I said in Jerem, I mean in Romans eight, it says that we know not what to pray, but the Spirit of God, who knows the heart of God. Praise through us with groans and moans that we may not understand. In this case, this man opens up to tell us what this, his groans and moans were. When King Hezekiah says, I came to you, I did this in his song of praise. The Bible says after he was healed. Okay. Now we have seen here, he says also that you forgave my sins and you also healed me. Now, let us go to um, number two point. Remember, I gave you uh, seven points. Take it to the Lord in prayer. He has taken it to the Lord in prayer in that instance. But now look in another incident. This man takes everything to the Lord in prayer. This is in 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 10 through 16. What does it say? It says this. This message is from King Hezekiah of Judah. Don't let your God in whom you trust deceive you with promises that Jerusalem will not be captured by the king of Assyria. Let me put this in perspective. See, the king of Assyria is coming to attack uh, uh, the king of uh, King Hezekiah and his people, and he's trying basically to scare him. Imagine the devil would give you scare tactics. After you receive your report, he will say, oh, so-and-so died. You remember what happened to the other one? Hey, he too was a Christian. She too was a Christian. But look, 
she went to the to the doctor she went to the court she went to this and then guess what she lost everything anyway she died anyway she whatever it is the scare tactics of the enemy are going to be there so now we are seeing here the scare tactics coming from this uh, king of assyria and you're going to see what he's going to say but personalize it to yourself because you're going to see that the devil will try to scare you one way or another you know what you're going through whatever it is let, let this story sink in that the scare tactics are going to come so let's go back second kings chapter 19 10 through 16 it goes this This message is for King Hezekiah of Judah. In other words, coming from the king of Assyria through his messenger. Don't let your God in whom you trust deceive you with promises that Jerusalem will not be captured by the king of Assyria. You know perfectly well what the kings of Assyria have done wherever they have gone. They have completely destroyed everyone who stood in their way. Why should you be any different? Have the gods of the other nations rescued them? Such nations as Gozan, Haran, Rezef, and the people of Eden who were in Telesar? My predecessors destroyed them all. What happened to the king of Hamath and the king of Arpad? What happened to the kings of Sepharvaram, Hena, and Ivar? After Hezekiah received this letter from the messengers and read it, He went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord and Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord O Lord God of Israel you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim you alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth you alone created the heavens and the earth bend down O Lord and listen Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to Sennacherib's words of defiance against the living God. Let's stop here for a minute. So you see here the ex- the um, scare tactics I'm talking about. He's telling them, remember all those things that have done. The devil will do the same thing. He will scare you. He will remind you of the people who died before you. He will remind you of the people who were imprisoned before you. He will remind you of people who went bankrupt before you. He will remind you of those who lost their marriages before you. And he will tell you, hey, who do you think you are? That's what this man is telling her. This messenger is uh, is telling him that uh, Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, is about to do to him. That way he can destroy your confidence. That way he can pull your faith from under your your feet so that you feel like I am jello. I'm done. I have nothing to stand on. But guess what? See what Hezekiah said. He said, "Listen to Sennacherib's words of defiance against the living God." Now remember, He was to Sennacherib's um messenger was talking to King Hezekiah. How come now he's saying that King Hezekiah is now saying that listen to the words of Sennacherib of defiance to the uh, against the living God because you are a child of God. What 
whatever the enemy is saying to you, he's saying to God, not you. He wouldn't care less about you. But he knows that when he says these things, he's showing defiance to God so that your trust and belief in God will be undermined so that you just give in to the devil. But I'm telling you, when you hear those things, when you see those reports, just know the enemy is trying to use them so that he can undermine your faith in God. But look at what this man did. He turned to God again. The Bible says when he heard all of this, he didn't talk to nobody. He just got him, went to the temple, the altar of the Lord, and said, Lord, see what he says against you. Now, he continues to say this. It is true that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all nations. So, perspective. It is true that the enemy may have killed a lot of people through this illness or this sickness or this whatever. It is true that a lot of people may have gone to jail for this. It is true that a lot of people may have lost all their fortune because of this. Okay, that's the kind of thing he's saying. And then he goes on. And they have thrown the gods of, the, of these nations into fire and burned them. But of course, Assyrians could destroy them. They were not gods at all. Only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands. By your messengers you have defied the Lord. You have said, with, with my many chariots I have conquered the highest mountains. Yes, the remotest peaks of Lebanon. I have cut down its tallest cedars and the finest cypress. And I have reached its farthest corners and explored its deepest forests. You know what this reminds me? It reminds me of Russia trying to grab Ukraine. Hey, we're going to use the nuclear bomb. He was using all kinds of threat. That's Sennacherib spirit. Then they came and tried to grab the land of these people. They tried to tell the Ukrainians, you can't do nothing. Remember, before they invaded, they amassed this army to the, at the border of Ukraine. It reminds me the prophet who was surrounded by a great mighty army and his, his servant uh, you know, was also scared. He was like, what are we going to do? And the prophet told him, they that are with us are greater than they that are with them. How come? Because these people came with in on chariots and that's what physically the servant was saying. But the prophet prayed to the Lord and said, open his eyes, the spiritual eyes. And what, you know what the Bible says? When his eyes opened, he saw that they themselves were being surrounded and protected by chariots of fire. The other people may come with the threat of nuclear bombs. They may have all the guns and they take your land. You see your ancestral land being overrun. That's what was happening in Ukraine. We saw this land being overrun by Russia. We saw this column on, on TV and newspapers everywhere. The column of Russians 40 miles long going into Ukraine. But guess what? They started to run backwards. They started to run backwards and out. Now everything that they try to destroy the Ukrainians have started to creep back and get them. They are now using their own arms to chase them back out of their land. See, what people forget, when a man is being deprived of what is truly his, especially that which is his land that God has planted in, because the Bible says in, uh, in uh, uh, the book of Acts chapter 17 that it's he who determines where we should live. He has given the borders around Ukraine, and then these people come and they try to take it. Guess what happened? Help came from 
where he least expected. I'd bet you he had calculated everything, this Mr. Putin. He had calculated everything. The world is going to do this. I control the oil in Europe. I control this. He thought these people are not going to do anything, but their resolve to fight for what is truly theirs. Yes, the Russians may have taken over for a while, but guess what? The power of God came through unexpected sources. They saw arms they never thought that were there in the West. People come, started to come for them. Russia is on the run now, as we see at least at this time. After Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers, he read it and he went up to the Lord's temple. That's what you do when the enemy comes after you. These Ukrainians, they went up to God. They went up to God. And they would say, you know, you would see these Ukrainians running around with little crosses and you're like, these Russians were like, what's that going to do for you? But it was just a symbol that you know what? We serve a mighty God. We trust in the one who gave us this land. And so this land grabbing of Russia now has turned over. They thought they could do it in three weeks. It's been months. Now it's going on a year. Okay. So now that's because their power is nothing compared to what God has given the man to defend his own land. You may have nothing. These people may come after you. They have all the money. They have taken over the land titles and the deeds and of everything. But guess what? It's only for a while. Stay a little while longer. Just like it says in the book of Revelations. It says that, hey, hang in there, saints, a little while longer. They may enjoy right now, but God is going to come, okay? Now, this is God now answering back. But I know you well. Where you stay and where you come and go. I know the way you have raged against me. And because of your raging against me and your arrogance, which I have heard myself, I'll put a hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth. I'll make you return to the same road which you came. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, here is the proof of what I say is true. This year you will eat only what grows by itself. Next year you will eat what springs up from that. But in the third year you will plant crops and have it them. You will tend vineyards and eat their fruit. And you who are left in Judah would have escaped the ravage of this siege. So you see what God is saying? He's like the... It's almost like Ukrainians are being told, okay, this year you're going to eat, you know, crops that you didn't even plant. The West is going to come and help you. The next year you plant your own and you eat from them, from the seed that they have given you. But then after that, you're going to continually till this land. See how this is related to land, but it could be in your body that God is saying that, listen, yes, today you're going to depend on the medication the doctor has given you. Yes, you are going to depend on the chemotherapy that is going to give you, the transplant that is going to be put in you. But time will tell because as time goes on, your own body is going to adjust. You know, sometimes when people are given transplants, they have to be given this uh, anti-rejecting medication so that the organs that they have been transplanted with are not rejected by their body. But then after a while, the body starts to get used to them and they start functioning the way they are supposed to function as if it was their own. That's how our God is. He gives us this power to overcome the enemy. King Hezekiah here tells us, shows us that 
if we take it to the Lord in prayer, He will do what we never knew or expected could be done. When we didn't know that there was something called a heart transplant, now it's a regular thing that is done. God changes things so that those who trust in Him will know that what He has planted in you, deep, deep, deep inside of you, the seed of faith he has put in you is going now to start to germinate. That mustard seed that Jesus talks about is going to germinate to help you overcome this situation. Yes, take the medication you are given. For this year at least. For this time at least. For this chemo at least. For whatever it is, take it. Yes, maybe you may need to get a loan to overcome this situation that you have financially. Take it, but after that, you will do your own. God is with you. Just remember, some things take time. Don't rush things. God is not somebody you just do like this and then click your hands and then things happen. Number three, God has a plan for you. This is one of my favorite scriptures and you've heard me use it on, the, um, uh, on my podcast quite some. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. Just remember that you are walking in the plan of God wherever you are. And if you're not, just ask him. He will put you right back on track. What does it say? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. The plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I'll listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I'll bring you back from captivity. I'll gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I'll bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Let me tell you, this he may have been talking to the children of Israel physically being transplanted, but guess what? It could be the situation you're in physically, mentally, emotionally, with your family, with your children with your friends, on your job, or even by health. Okay, he's going to say, I'm going to bring you back to the original. You're going to be the original self. So you look at you and they said, they said it was cancer and it was stage four. And you know what? He's going to say, I'm going to make it all new again. Yes, take the chemo. Yes, follow the doctor's orders. Yes, follow your lawyer's uh, advice. Yes, God is with you. He will restore you. Okay, now remember we're talking about what to do when you get a bad report. This bad report could be any of those. Then number four, let's go. I want to go quickly on this so that you can contemplate and look at these uh, scriptures and do it, okay? Intercession. Intercession is very important. In fact, the ministry of intercession is the current ministry of Jesus Christ. Remember on the cross, he said, Teletestai. With the initial translation, you see it is finished. But actually, teletestai means it's completed. The work on earth that he was doing is completed. Jesus never starts something that he never completes. He came on earth to do all those things. So now he's saying on the cross that it is is completed. 
It is teletestai. Then he goes to heaven. Now he starts this ministry that's continuing uh, 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 in Uh, 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 forever that is going to be the ministry of intercession the Bible says that he's sitting on the right hand of the Father interceding for us even now okay so now intercession is very important but I'm going to give it to you using a very good story a practical story but you can turn it spiritually into so many different ways This is the story of the paralytic. To give you just uh, uh, um, the gist of the story is, here was a man, he was paralyzed. Here was a man, he had four friends. Here was a man, the friends came to see Jesus because they knew he heals. Here was a man, the door was all filled up. They could not go through because there were so many people. Here was a man who had this great man as friends they interceded for him you know what they did they climbed up to the roof undid the ceiling undid the roof lowered their friends and the bible says and they lowered him in front of jesus when people intercede for you they lower you in front of jesus and it doesn't matter how many other people are around and they all need a healing and they all need guidance and they all need finances Jesus has more than enough when interceded for when other people intercede and say I'll pray for you count on them remind them you said you'll pray for me please continue to pray encourage the intercessors to continue this man was paralytic The Bible says he was Lord in front of Jesus. I want you to watch two things as we read this story. You're going to see what Hezekiah said. Hezekiah said, you have healed me and forgiven my sins. So let's go. This is Mark 2 verse 1 through 12. And he says this. And again, he entered into Capernaum, that's Jesus, after some days. And it was hard that he was in the house. (laughs) When Jesus is in the house, he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word. Now, ah, key word right there. He preached what? The word. Get the word that God gives you. Jesus is preaching a word to you for your situation, okay? That that word may come through intercessors, but it's the word nevertheless. So he says, and he preached the word to them. This is Jesus. And then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. This word that was being preached to them was being preached to everyone, including the intercessors. These people interceding for your situation are going before the Lord on your behalf and is giving them a word, okay? And he says, he was carried by four men. And when they could not um, come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. So when they break through those intercessors for you, they bring your situation, your bed before the Lord. That's why when you get those people that you trust and know that they're intercessors, tell them your bed. What is your bed? Don't hide it from them. They need to carry that bed before the Lord because on that bed you lie. Whatever it is, 
Tell them. Yes, I understand. Don't tell everybody who is out there. Not everybody is really interceding. But God will show you those people who are going to stand for the four. The four that will undo the roof. That will give up their work day. That will give up whatever it is. And they will undo the roof for you. Tell them your bed. Tell them your bed. When Jesus saw their faith. Whose faith? When Jesus saw their faith, he said this to the paralytic. Now look at this. Jesus saw the faith of the intercessors. Jesus is going to do this because not of the paralytic, but because of the faith of the intercessors. So sometimes you may not even be in position to pray. You may not have the energy. You may not have the thought process. You may be so overwhelmed by the, your situation. You All you can do is say, Lord, or not even be able to say that. But when you see those intercessors, they, and they know your bed that you're lying on, they are going to lower it before Jesus on your behalf. And then Jesus says this, when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus sees their faith, he said to the paralytic, now he's talking to you, the one in the situation, the one going to jail, the one who is sick, the one who is going getting a divorce. Son, your sins are forgiven you. Oh, oh, wait a minute. I am sick. I'm not looking for sin forgiveness. Remember Hezekiah what he said? You have healed me and forgiven my sins. Because Jesus is holistic. He wants to get this out of the way so that he can show you that it's not your sin that he's looking at. It's not your goodness that he's looking at. He's just participating in his divine nature of healing. Healing is his divine nature. He does it regardless. He does it regardless of our condition spiritually. And some of the scribes were sitting there reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive but God? Uh -uh. They didn't realize that right now they are going to tell us that Jesus is God because they are questioning him for forgiving sin when they know only God can forgive sin. So now they are really telling us, especially us who listen to them scribes, they are going to tell us that this is the definition of God. He is able to forgive sin. And this man says he forgives sins. Okay? So Jesus says, only God alone can forgive sin. They don't realize they are now going to define Jesus as God without even them realizing it. But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit. See, these people were away far from Jesus, but in their spirits they were talking these things unto each other. But in his spirit, Jesus is spirit, God is spirit. <laughs> and they that worship him must worship him in spirit. That's why we have to be in spirit when we go to him. Okay. In his spirit they reason thus with themselves. He said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say arise and take your bed and walk? Yes, which is easier. See, it's easy for me to tell you, oh, you know what? Um, I'll buy this car for you. But then when the practical sense comes and you have zero money in your bank, what you said 
Like we say, it's easier said than done. When I say, okay, what is my car? Oh, uh, uh, you know, my account is kind of dry right now. I had to pay my rent and I couldn't do this. Have people ever promised to do something for you financially? And then when you go to take them on your word, on their word, they, they tell you all these other things that they had to do first. Ah, here Jesus is telling them what is easier to say. Your sins are forgiven. See, it's easy. Even I can say your sins are forgiven. There's no proof. But Jesus proved it by showing that he can do the supernatural physically just as easily as he can say things spiritually, mentally, verbally. Okay? And he says this. He, he tells him, your, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you or to say, arise and take your bed and walk. But you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise up, take your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose and took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like that. I like this paralytic. See what Jesus told him? This man was so obedient. He didn't hang around showing them, you know, have you ever seen, and oh, please, don't get me wrong, but these people say, I'm praying for you, and then they say, ah, raise your arm now. Now, how does it feel? Wait a minute. How do you know it's going to happen right there and then? It could happen tomorrow. God may be working on this person some other ways, some other things. That's why you never hear too many of these people say, oh, do this and this. You never hear them say, your sins are forgiven. Here Jesus brings the two. Remember King Hezekiah in the Old Testament, what did he say? He said, you healed my body and forgave my sins. But we don't see anywhere in that scripture. Okay, but he knew in his spirit that his sins were forgiven because he had presented himself unto God. Now here Jesus has said to this man, get up and go. But look at what this paralytic did. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, up your bed, uh, uh, take up your bed and go to, to your house. Go to your house. You know what this paralytic did? Immediately he, he didn't say nothing. <laughs> he just got his little bed, looked at them, Took off. I, I, I can imagine. I wish I could make a movie out of this. Because you could see this paralytic looking back at him. Hey, all you who said I was sinful. Hey, all you who said I couldn't walk. Who? Look at me now. He got his bed and walked right out. To do what? What Jesus had told him to do. Let me tell you, my friend. When Jesus comes to you in your situation, on your bed, that is presented by even the intercessors, Guess what? He's going to give you an assignment. Obey. He's going to heal your situation. Obey. Because this man was told to do what? To go to his house. Not to stay around. Not to tell him. Not to raise his arms up and down to show that they can now move. He just walked on. And then guess what they say? We never saw anything like this. People will look at you. You who is supposed to fail. And they'll say, I have never seen anything like this. Because guess what? God is in it. Number five, how Jesus paid the price. Now we know that Jesus paid the price. How he paid it and how he wants us to use this. Okay, look at this. It says this, but he was wounded for our transgressions. 
he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and he, by his stripes we are healed. That's in Isaiah 53:5. By his stripes we were healed. Yes, it's repeated in the New Testament. Most people look at that referral to this scripture. I wanted to bring it to where it was originally stated so that you can see that Jesus and the power to heal and the reason to die for our sins was stated way back in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it was fulfillment of this scripture. Okay. Now, what did Jesus do? I'll give you another one. Remember I talked earlier about John 16, 24 and 26? In this verse, in these two verses, Jesus basically connected Isaiah 53, 5 so that we know how it's done in our days because it says that he was wounded for our transgressions. Whatever the transgression is, whatever the sickness, illness, whatever the problem is, he was bruised for our iniquities. Iniquities are those things that have been going on and on and they have scarred us one way or the other. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, you know, and by his what? Stripes we were healed. Then it goes in John 16, 24, where it says, uh, 16, 24 and 26, where it says, until now, this is Jesus, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask that your joy will be complete. Remember here it says, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And he's telling us in John that, listen, Ask that your joy may be complete. These two scriptures now are merged together. We just use his name and we know, hey, by his stripes I am healed. And hey, my joy that was disappearing because of my situation. He says he wants my joy to be complete in John 16. Go read these scriptures. I'm giving them to you quickly, but I want you to go read them and indulge yourself in this, okay? And then, Jesus wants you to just believe. This is point number six. Now you've seen number five, how Jesus paid the price, and I've shown you John 16. But now, I want you to see, he just tells you to just believe. I'll give you another story here. In Luke 8, 49 through 55. This, <clears throat> this is a story of where someone brought a situation interceding for another person. You'll see the story. And Jesus told him, just believe. You know, when all these circumstances are around, he says, just believe. Another way he's put is just have faith. Okay, just like King Hezekiah, just believe. Don't look at the naysayers. They'll be all around you, the situation, okay? Don't listen to them. Okay, Luke chapter 8, verse 49 through 55. I'll combine all of them into the story. While he was still speaking, someone came to him uh, came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter, this is to the person who came to Jesus that my daughter is sick, okay? And someone came from up there. People come and they tell you it's from up above. It's from uh, the people in authority, the people from this. Here it was the religious leaders. They have said, hey, 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 she's dead, okay? Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher, have you ever heard those kind of people? Don't trouble them. Your situation is dire. Don't trouble the judge. Your situation is impossible. Don't trouble the banks. They will not loan you the money to get out of this mess. Whatever it is, these people come with this authority. 
Okay, do not trouble the teacher like they care so much about the teacher, right? But when Jesus heard it, look at that but, but when Jesus heard it, when Jesus hears them, but when Jesus sees the enemy say this to you, but when Jesus hear these people talk and tell you, don't do this, don't do the other, don't go to that doctor, don't do this. But when Jesus hears them, he says, he said, he answered him saying, do not be afraid, only believe and she will be made well. One sentence, ten words or whatever. Do not be afraid, only believe, only have faith and she will be made well. Just that. You're not being afraid of the situation. You're taking away the spirit of fear or confronting the spirit of fear. You're believing or your faith in him. Look at these two things. Confront the spirit of fear that's coming here. That's making you shake. Even though that spirit of fear is being fed by those people who seem to be in authority, like these teachers from the law. See, the Bible doesn't play around with words. When it says... Uh, um, these people came from the synagogue. He didn't have to tell us that. He, he, he could have just wrote that uh, from uh, somewhere people came and said this, your neighbors, whatever. He said the ruler of the synagogue's house. It seems so authoritative. But you know what? Jesus says, only believe and you will be made well. Okay? So, in other words, people will tell you, you can't do this. Don't do this chemo. Don't do this and the other. But when God tells you, go through it, go through it. Okay? When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John. Those naysayers, God will take them out of the way. Look, how come he did not take the people from the synagogue, the leaders of the synagogue? You know, the, the, the people from the church. Okay? And I'm from the church. Okay? So don't say, No. Those big shots from the bishop. No. He say he, he only took who? Peter, James, and John. And the father and mother of the girl. <laughs> Jesus sifted them out. Jesus will filter all those naysayers. And he will just take you and your situation and just those who believe. He'll pick his Peter, he'll pick his James, and he'll pick your, his John for you to stand with you. The ones who will help you to just believe, who will help you to hold your faith, okay? And they ridiculed. Now he wept and mourned for her, but he said, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that he, she was dead. People will ridicule you, knowing that the situation is dire. You've been told you'll die in a month. You've, you've been told you're going to jail. You've been told you can't do this and the other. But you know what? The Bible here says he was ridiculed, but he put them all outside. God will throw them all outside, all those naysayers. He will call them not to be, or cause them not to be near you. And he took her by the hand and called her saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned and she arose immediately and he commanded that she be given something to eat. Guess what? Jesus will get to your situation and he will feed it. He will feed it like he fed this girl. 
came from death fed her. Jesus will feed you. Don't listen to the naysayers. Number seven, to show all this in your situation, Jesus is going to show that he is in this. So number seven, uh, this is going to be in Luke 4, 38 through 40, just two verses. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the house of Simon. What did Jesus do? He left the synagogue. How come he didn't call them into the Sunday night service? The Bible says he left the church and went to the house. He left the church and came to your heart. Jesus will live. L-E-A-V-E. Those situations which are so quote-unquote so holy. And he will come into your heart and your situation. He came to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked Jesus to help her. So he uh, intercessors, they asked Jesus to help her. So he what? Bent over and rebuked the fever and it left her. She got up at once, at once and began to wait on them. What? Remember? Jesus will heal you. Jesus will get rid of your situation so that you can do a work. And she began to wait on them. He bent over. He bent over. Jesus is going to bend over your situation, my friend. And that fever is going to leave. That bankruptcy is going to leave. That disruption in your life is going to leave. Because Jesus is right now bending over over that situation and guess what and then you will start to go on to your calling because this lady she got up at once and began to wait on them i like these examples i've given you they get up and go don't get up and get to eat again and just you know stay there you know oh listen what jesus did. oh he just healed me ooh, ooh, ah, ooh. jesus knows you know what he wants you to do to get on with it and start to work at sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various sicknesses and laying his hands on each one, he healed them all. What does it say? At sunset. In other words, this was late in the day. They are like, oh my God. Now, don't forget, we are talking long time ago. These days at sunset, there are lights, the street lights come on. There, there were no street lights, my friend. It was dark. That's why the Bible is telling us at sunset. In fact, that's when people go indoors and lock their doors. But now they realize, oh my God, this woman, she was healed of a fever and she started to serve. Guess what? I may run down and get me my sick one too. I can see people disappearing and then back, disappearing and then back with somebody else. That's what we are supposed to do. When Jesus does a work on us, we are supposed to bring others so that they can get the same uh, same treatment from Jesus as we have had, whatever the situation. So now in conclusion of this podcast, and I hope it's been blessing you as it blesses me even as i go on the conclusion is a word best prayer in this prayer we are going to use the word of god of two psalms of david you know personalized for the purpose of this theme of this podcast and one uh, is psalm 25 which was a plea of david 
And then the other one, uh, you know, it was a plea of after David had a bad report, okay? And then the other one is Psalm 23, which we most of us know. Even if we don't know every uh, part of it, we at least know it's a psalm of praise and strengthening and affirmation, okay? Let me first read the, uh, Psalm 25, verse 1 through 2, and verse 4 through 7 and 14, 15, okay? So in other words, verse, you can read the whole Psalm 25, but the verses I'm contra- um, concentrating on are 1 and 2, 4 and 7, 14 and 15, okay? Just uh, six verses. To you all, and I combine them so that it's easier for you, so that you can see it's a story. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are God of my salvation. On you I wait all day. Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindness, for they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness' sake. O Lord, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and will show them, and he will show them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet up out of the net. That's David. He's talking about how God got him out, how God, how great God is, how uh, in his mercy and forgiveness, how God, as we have seen, you know, God forgives regardless of our, our path. And he says, please remember not the sins of my youth. Okay. Then Psalm 23, I'll read it. Most of you know it's a short psalm actually, so I'll read the whole psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in the green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You Prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. So we are going to conclude this podcast with a prayer. The prayers of David. One of them, as you can see, is will be a prayer of affirmation, and then the other one is a prayer of praise. But they are all prayers of praise and affirmation. But we are going to personalize it for our situation, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. Lift up our souls, whatever the situation is. God, we trust in you. Let us not be ashamed by our situation. Let not the enemy triumph over us father we may have been uh we may have been the cause of our situation but show us your ways that we may go straight oh god whatever it is lord teach us your paths so that we may walk in them oh god remember us oh god you you are the god of our salvation you are the only one who can save us from this situation i wait on you all day long we shall wait until lord you do this for us we do not remember lord the sins of our past the things that we did in the past even as you did for king hezekiah he says that you forgave his sins and healed him so the same thing with us father we come to you based on this psalm based on this word remember lord the sins of our youth even as 
as David prayed here, Lord. May your loving kindness shower us, O God. Lord, O Lord, you have been like this from the time of old. Remember not the sins and the transgressions and the bad things that we did. Instead, Lord, unconditionally heal our situation, heal our disease, uh, our bodies, heal our um, finances, Lord. O Lord, everyone who trusts in you has that secret that nobody else does because we have the secret of the Holy Spirit. We know that Jesus right now is interceding for us in words and moans that we may not understand. So we cry unto you based on the word of God and your word, Lord, even as Hezekiah did. The Bible says that he cried unto you. He faced the wall. He did not go through anybody, but he came to you. So we are coming to you, Lord. Our eyes are toward you, Father, for you shall pluck us out of this fire, this situation, this illness. Whatever it is, Father, you're going to pluck us out, Lord. And Lord, you are our shepherd. We shall not want for anything. You make us lie down in peace, even as you say that your peace you shall give us and you complete our joy as we have seen. For your name's sake, O oh God, Lord, even though we walk through this shadow, this shadow of death, and it looks like everywhere we look, it is death, death here, death there, death in the past, death in the future. You are with us because you are preparing a table before this enemy that Lord we shall sit and eat of it even as you told this young girl give her food you said give her something to eat Lord we know you're going to give us something to eat based on uh, Psalms 23 you anoint our head with oil anoint us that we may go and do the work even as that woman the Bible says that Peter's mom was healed Lord she went and started to serve everybody. And so, Lord, that's the anointing that comes with your healing power over our situation, whatever it is, whether it's uh, physical healing, whether it's financial, emotional, whatever it is. Give us the anointing as you gave this in these examples that we may go do that which you have called us to do because you have a plan for us and the plan is for good and not for evil, plan to help us prosper in our situations. So we are coming to you, O oh Father, knowing that you are God, even as Hezekiah declared that you are God. The other gods of the Assyrians were not God. That's where the Assyrians were defeated eventually. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, because you are God, give us the wisdom that we need. If it's an illness, give us the wisdom to go to the right physician, right doctor. Let them pick the right medicine, the right protocol. In the name of Jesus, Father, we are asking you. If it's financial, the same way the, uh, the financial advisors we made. If it's legal, that the right lawyer that we need. Those who came to maroon of our possessions, even as we saw in the uh, in, in in the scriptures uh, that we have read, that they came to take the land of the Assyrians came to take their land, and they were bragging about it. They were arrogant. That's what the Bible says. That because they were arrogant, people who take our stuff, Father, people who take that which is due us, Father, many times they are arrogant because they have taken it by force and they see that we are powerless to take back that which is ours. But we are asking you in this prayer, Father, that the 
enemy will be defeated because in your word you say that you defend the fatherless, you defend the widows, you defend the foreigner, you defend those who are weak, who are marginalized. And so Father, we are coming to you knowing that our situation is taken care of for the glory of your name, Father. And anoint us, Father, forgive us for our past that we may do your work that is in your plan according to Jeremiah 29, 11. And even as David says in Psalm 23, how he ends it, he says that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We shall dwell in your presence forever. Serve you, even as we have seen those people who were healed, they served, they obeyed. The man who was paralytic, he got his mat, just like you said, you told him, go to your house. And he got up and left. The Bible does not tell us what he said in between. We know he did. Father, we thank you. We know that you are with us and that in this situation, whatever the bad report is, Father, you are sovereign. Father, you are God. So in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we thank you. Be glorified forever and ever. Amen. Okay, my friends. That's the end of our podcast. It may be a little over, but I hope it's been a, uh, a blessing to you as it has for me even as I went through it. Like I said, I tried to make it like an hour or so, but we are over a few. But you know, if you're going through it, you know one thing, you, you want to be with Jesus. You want to be like those men who undid the roof and they put you before Jesus. I pray that these scriptures will help you to come before Jesus, whether you are being brought before Jesus by our intercessors, when you can't do anything, or if it, even if it's your, by yourself, like it is, it was with uh, King uh, Hezekiah, when you approach yourself. So in the name of Jesus, I wish you well. Please refer our podcast to other people and go on our blog. There are some things that we may be a little behind, but forgive us. Um, there are some notes of many of our podcasts, they are really like transcripts. They may not be exact transcripts, but you'll understand when you see the scriptures that we put there. Even these, I'll put them on there. www.prayingwithimpact.com www.prayingwithimpact.com So after you come out of the podcast on www.africrisepodcast.com or Wherever you listen to your podcast, we are everywhere. We are everywhere. You go to Apple Podcasts, we are there. We were some of the initial people on Apple Podcasts, by the way. Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, whatever it is, platform, you're, you are there. If you Google Africa Christ Prayer Podcast, you'll be surprised where you can find us. Anywhere in the world, we are there. God bless you, love you. Thanks for listening and downloading and referring our podcast to other people. God bless you. This is Sam Kawesa signing off and wishing you the best. God bless you. Love you.